Welcome to uh, tonight's class. Since uh, this coming Monday is Tuba Shvat, so we're going to learn a uh, Hasidic discourse from the Rebbe about the um, spiritual dimension of Tuba Shvat. In other words, there's Tuba Shvat we celebrate because it's the New Year of Trees, but the question is, what is the spiritual idea behind Tuba Shvat? It's a very, very powerful discourse with a very, very powerful lesson. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. But no, seriously, we'll, we'll have a beautiful class to explain us the whole idea behind uh, Tuba Shvat on a spiritual level. So the Rebbe begins off based on a Mishnah. The Mishnah is in uh, Tractate Rosh Hashanah, and the Mishnah says like this, that there's four Rosh Hashanahs. Four Rosh Hashanahs. <clears throat> the first one is the Rosh Hashanah of the, of, uh, the first day of the month of Nisan, the month of Nisan, we have Passover. The first day of the month of Nisan is a Rosh Hashanah. What kind of Rosh Hashanah? So it's the new year for Malachim, for kings. And also what? For festivals. That's the Rosh Hashanah for the month of Nisan. Then you have another Rosh Hashanah, which is the first day of the month of Elul. And that is the Rosh Hashanah for tithing of animals. So we have already second Rosh Hashanah, which is the month of Elul, tithing of the animals. And there's a debate. Some people say the tithing animals on the month of Tishrei. But anyway, you have one Rosh Hashanah, which when? The second one, which is the month of El. Then you have a third Rosh Hashanah, which is Rosh Hashanah on the first day of the month of Tishrei. And that's Rosh Hashanah for the new year. In terms of counting the years for Shemitah, the sabbatical years, the Jubilee year, and so on and so forth. And then the Mishnah says on the first day of the month of Shvat is what? Is Rosh Hashanah for trees. Rosh Hashanah Lilonot. And the Mishnah says that's according to the opinion of who Beishamai. However, Beishilal says that what that the um, holiday of uh, that the Rosh Hashanah of the of the of the month of uh, trees is not on the first. Like Beishamai writes on the fifteenth of the month of Shvat, and the the Jewish law is halacha. Rambam is brought down that halacha is that when is Rosh Hashanah Lilon, it is when on the fifteenth of the month of Shvat. So what do you have from this Mishnah? that there are four Rosh Hashanahs, one Rosh Chodesh Nisan, one Rosh Chodesh Elul, the other one Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, and the fourth one, which is Lahalacha, that's on the 15th day of the month of Shvat. That's the Mishnah. So it comes along, the Rebbe, and asks this very, very simple question. All Rosh Hashanahs are when? On the first of the month. So why is Rosh Hashanah Lanot to Rosh Shvat on the 15th? What's the difference? So that's question number one. To make the question even deeper, what's the reason why Rosh Hashanah is in the first of the month? Because the first of the month is the beginning of the month, and from there you get the source of all the blessings for the whole month. For the month, for the year, as we know, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the month. So it makes sense why Rosh Hashanah would be when? The first of the month. So the real question is on Tuba Shvat. Why is Tuba Shvat... Not only it's different, but actually, but really should be in the first of the month. Why is it specifically on the 15th of the, of the month? Good question. Okay, that's the Rebbe's question. So Rebbe explains like this, that um, we know, <coughs> it's brought down in, 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 in Kabbalah and Chidut, that um, <coughs> all the holidays, the Jewish holidays, which are the three holidays, Pesach, Shvot, and Sukkot, are all associated with what? with either the completion or the gathering, the finished product of produce. Now, on a physical level, 
as we know, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot have to do with the finishing and the gathering of the produce. Now we all know that whatever happens in the physical world is because in the spiritual world there's something going on. So in other words, because there's something spiritually going on, there's a completion of a certain process of growth that happens on Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, and so therefore we celebrate it with the complete completion of the project of the finished project of the wheat or the barley, which is associated with that holiday. Now, so that is when, with the three festivals, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Now, if it applies to those three festivals, it applies also to when? To the holiday Tu B'Shvat. This that we're celebrating Tu B'Shvat as the new year for trees, Obviously, because it's also some kind of completion of a project, our spiritual service, in a very powerful way, on Tu B'Shvat. What's the connection? Should we all know the famous Pasuk, it says in the Torah, Ki Adam that man is compared to the tree in the field. So therefore, if there's something which is a completion on Rosh Hashanah Leilonot, Tu B'Shvat, we're celebrating the New Year for trees. There must be some kind of powerful celebration for each and every once on a spiritual level when on, on Tu B'Shvat. Now, so what's interesting is, Pesach, Shvot, and Sukkot, what, what, which, which fruit and which um, growth are we referring to? We're referring to what? Mm. Wheat and barley. Now, wheat and barley... Are connected to the three festivals, which are connected to the idea of mitzvot. So, another like this: wheat and barley is finished when Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Obviously, there's something about mitzvot—the completion, the, pro- the completion of the process of mitzvot that we do—are connected what to the three festivals. Now, the fifteenth day of the month of Shvat is connected to what? Not to wheat and barley, but connected what to a tree. And, the, and specifically the fruit of the tree, because we celebrate with fruits of the tree. And that has to do with the idea of Torah. Or some kind of, some kind of finishing a project in terms of Torah. Because we know, it says, Ki Adam Now, Adam, we have several names. One of the names is Adam. What is Adam referring to? Is a reference to our intellect. So is our intellect. What is our intellect we use to learn Torah? So there's some kind of connection between what? The 15th of Shvat and our intellect. Now, so what happens like this. On the festivals, the three festivals, which is wheat and barley, so that's when we finish our process of of our, of our reference, which is connected to what's the idea of mitzvot. Now, what does that mean like this? Let's talk about the process we're talking about on a spiritual level. So what happens like this, we all know we all have an neshama. We have a godly soul. Our godly soul comes down where? Into our body. Also comes out to hang out with our nefesh of Bahamas, our animal soul. And it comes down into exile. Now, why would the godly soul come into a physical body hang out with the Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, and into exile. The answer is, the only reason why it comes down is to elevate. That the, 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 it should elevate the, the body, it should elevate the animal soul, it should elevate Galut, and more importantly, it elevates itself. So the Shama itself has an elevation as it goes through the process. 
Now, how do we how do we how do we go through the process of the elevation? So the process takes place by by very simple. When the neshama that's clothed within the body and with the animal soul and in galut, and therefore you have a lot of distractions, but nevertheless you're able to push away all the distractions, which is not easy. Not easy. We get very easily distracted and very, very easily busy. And you can see it's on all levels. There's one way we get busy and distracted, literally our body. We need to eat, we need to drink, whatever. We've got to take care of ourselves. Then there's a different level of a distraction. The animal soul already wants to do his thing. So that's where the, the excitement gets even greater. Or the challenge gets even stronger. And then you have galut. It's dark. And we start thinking that galus is real. So when we're able to push away gullus, when we're able to push away our animal soul, and we're able to push away our physical body, it's okay, fine. Now it's time to learn Torah. Now it's time to do mitzvot. And we practice, as we discussed many, many times in this class, the idea of iskafya. Iskafya means we practice restraint, which you can have a whole class in iskafya. And we practice iskafya. Not only we practice restraint, but we actually transform ourselves. Then, you know what happens then? That's when, and that's how, we create the elevation of the animal soul, the body, exile, but more importantly, godly soul gets elevated. So every single time you practice this kafia, you practice this habcha, and you engage your body, your animal soul to learn Torah and do mitzvot, you're actually elevating yourself, elevating your godly soul. Now, we all know Whole whole life, right? We're doing this. No, where's the prize? Where's the prize? And the answer is very simple. The main prize, the grand prize we get when Mashiach comes. Mashiach comes, they're going to push a button, and they're going to give you a subtotal, and hopefully there's not going to be enough paper in the machine to give you all your tickets, you know, all your prizes for all the Torah and the mitzvot that you've been doing. That's the grand prize comes when Mashiach comes. That we don't get yet. However, what happens is in every one of the three festivals, Pesach, Shvot, and Sukkot, we get a glimpse of it. We get a taste of the prize. That's why and on, the, on the three Chagim, it's meant to be happy because hello, it's, we're getting a little bit of a reward for all the effort that we put in beforehand. That's what we all know. Before the holidays, there's always a lot of work. But then when it comes Yom Tif, you're sitting by Pesach, or the Shvot, Sukkot, you're, you're enjoying because it's a taste of what's going to be like Mashiach comes. Now, What's the specific prize? So it's brought down in Kabbalah very, very simple. Specifically, what's the prize? Like this. So Passover, we know, is Michael Sa'irim. We bring, they bring in the temple, uh, and what would ripen would be the barley, right? So what is barley? Barley in Hebrew is called Sa'ir, Sa'ira. Sa'ira comes from um, Shir, Hay, which is a reference to Malchut. In other words, on Barley, on Pesach, which is the first one, we get a prize of what? Of Yerush Hashem. We were in, and think about it. We say in the Yashua, we had it, we're having this week's Torah portion. By Yerush Hashem, they were in awe of Hashem. What happens on Pesach? We get Yerush Hashem. So the gift of Passover is what? Yerush Hashem. Which, as we know, it says, the first step to engage and have a good relation with Hashem, to become close to Hashem, you have to have Yerush Hashem. If you don't have Yerush Hashem, you can't start engaging really in a high level of learning and connecting to Hashem. Yerush is the first step. If you're not in awe of Hashem, you're going to have a hard time creating and building and maintaining that relationship. Yerush Hashem is very, very important. When do we get that? We get that as a gift when on Pesach, which is connected to what's the idea of Surah. 
What happens on Shavuos? So Shavuos, we know, is when uh, it has to do with Chita. Now Chita, which is wheat, numerically is what? Ches is eight, Tess is nine, Hey is five. You guys are awake. How much is that? 22. 22, very good. Where else do we have 22? There's 22 letters, alphabets, exactly. So the Chita is connected to the Torah. Chita is connected to the Torah. But... Very, you liked it, huh? Uh, but nevertheless, it's connected to the Torah. Which part of Torah? The way the way the Torah relate, gives us our mitzvot. So it's not the highest level of Torah. The chita is connected to the Torah in relation because, matter of fact, chita is a, say it's a, it's a type of a tree, and we don't make you don't make a eights. You don't make uh, uh, eights on, 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 on wheat, right? Because it's not really, really a part of a tree. It's a type of a tree. So it's, so it's, it's, it is, and it's, it's connected, but it's not necessarily completely. So the idea is it's Torah, the way Torah is connected to, to mitzvot. Now what happens on Tuvashvat is, Tuvashvat we celebrate specifically fruit of the tree, and fruit of the tree is connected 100% to Torah. Um, as the verse says, Ki Adam the man is like the tree of the field. And there's another verse in the Torah that says, Zois Toiras Adam. This is the Torah of Adam. So just like we're connected to the tree on one hand, but also we're connected to the idea of Torah. So so Tubashvat is connected to which part of us, which gift do we get? We get the gift of Torah. So again, just to recap. The recap. So we'll be all focused, especially uh, those that walked in um, recently. Okay. So what he's saying over here is like this. Through our Avodah, throughout exile, Eskafia, Eshapcha, doing Torah, mitzvot, trying to elevate our animal soul, our body, and, and, and this exile, we're creating big, huge prizes when Mashiach comes. But however, we get a glimmer of it through, in the festivals. So in the Pesach, we get the idea of Yerush Hashem. Shvuot, we get the idea of Torah, the way it's connected to mitzvot. And obviously, Sukkot is also mitzvot. And on Tuvishvat, what do we get? We get the gift of Torah. Torah, the way it's totally off the charts, disconnected from the world. Now, now what did we say before? That Torah and mitzvot are connected to, to, uh, to the way, the idea, that just like the holidays are connected with the finishing of, of produce. So Torah and mitzvot are connected to the idea of planting. What's the reason why Torah and mitzvahs are connected to planting? So what happens like this. Like when a person studies Torah and does mitzvahs, so not only are you studying Torah and doing mitzvot, but more importantly, and specifically when you're doing a mitzvah, you're actually transforming your body. Because your body didn't want to do a mitzvah, it wanted to do what it wanted to do. So you're inspired to do a mitzvah, so you're actually creating a transformation. So mitzvahs have the power of transforming. You transform yourself. Take, for example, Shabbos. You light the Friday night, your candles. All of a sudden, your physical house becomes a Shabbos house. You make Kiddush. You're elevating the physical, physical house. Anytime you do a mitzvah, you're elevating the physical place. Um, just, like, just like, for example, simple example. Take, for example, you have earth. You have earth in front of your house. You don't plant. What happens? Nothing. Nothing. You take seeds, for example, let's say of a tomato, and you plant it with water and everything, what happens? Tomatoes grow out. You take apple, uh, seeds of apples, you plant it, what happens? Apples grow out. So the question is like this. The, the seed itself rotted. 
both seeds. So why in this case are tomatoes coming out, and why in this case are apples coming out? And the answer is because in the earth, you have the ability to produce any type of produce. The only thing that seed does is, it's like a, you know, a phone call. Hey, call me out the tomatoes, call me out the potatoes, call me out the apples. That's all what it does. Now, so it knows the seed, when you put the seed in the ground, it wakens up in the ground, it's calling to produce, and it produces. The same thing also, every time we do a mitzvah, we waken within our animal soul and our body to return to Hashem. Because, it, and not only that, we return to Hashem, what it does is it, 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 it awakens within, within the body to show us that even though, like for example, we look at it, what's higher, the godly soul or the animal soul? The godly soul is higher. But what happens once you do a mitzvah, and you do the mitzvah, I don't mean only your godly soul does the mitzvah, your body does the mitzvah, your animal soul does the mitzvah. It awakens within the, within the body and the animal soul that in its source, it's actually higher than the godly soul. You know that? But when does that happen? After you do the mitzvah. So just like when you do a mitzvah, you're creating and you're awakening that it's in a source that's much higher, the same thing also when you plant a seed, you're waking within the ground that it has the power to create, which a seed doesn't have the power to create. Even though this is a seed, it doesn't can't create. The only way it creates is in the ground. So that's one idea of, 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 of mitzvot. It transforms. The second idea of mitzvot is, <clears throat> that when a person does a mitzvah, so a mitzvah in a certain way, what, what, what is a mitzvah? You're doing what Hashem wants. Why are you doing what Hashem wants? Why don't you do what you want? So in order to do what Hashem wants, it requires a certain ingredient. And that is called humility. Because if you're not going to have humility, you're not doing any mitzvot. It's impossible to do a mitzvah with, with a person's arrogant. Because arrogance, I want to do what I want to do. I don't know what Hashem wants to do. So in order to do a mitzvah, you need to have humility. The greater the humility and the greater the Kabbalah doll, you're willing to do what Hashem wants, you're going to have an easier time to do a mitzvah. You're able to do as many mitzvahs. Notice, it's very simple. The more humility, the more Kabbalah doll, the more you're willing to accept, you're able to do as many mitzvahs as possible. <clears throat> now, what happens with humility? What happens to the eye, to the ego? It, it goes away. So as you get rid of your ego, you bring in humility, you can do more mitzvot. Let's think about the seed that you planted, the same analogy. You take a seed, you put it into the ground. If the seed holds strong and doesn't allow itself to decay, is any fruit growing? Nothing. In order for the seed to produce fruit, it has to obliterate. It has to be obliterated. When it gets obliterated, look, you can have not only fruit, you can have fruit, trees, you can have everything. The same thing also with us. If we want to elevate, we have to have humility. Humility means, get, just like the seed gets obliterated, imagine that, that's you have to imagine to yourself. When you're able to obliterate yourself, smell. <laughs> well, you know. You, it's like salmon, beautiful smell, exactly. You're able to obliterate yourself, right? Okay. Um, doesn't matter if seed is planted. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Now, but what's interesting is, now here, here gets very interesting. So what do we say? You need to have two, two ingredients, what happens to mitzvot. One is, you have to transform yourself. And the other one, you have to have humility. 
So, that, so therefore, the Rebbe explains that's why Torah mitzvot, where does mainly Torah mitzvot happen? Specifically in exile. Specifically now, before Mashiach comes. Why? Because in the times of the base of Migdash, was God revealed? God was revealed. So who was doing Torah mitzvot? You were doing it, the Revelation was doing Torah mitzvot. God's revealed. You were doing Torah mitzvot? Yeah. No, Hashem was doing it. When you go to Yerushalayim and you feel all the inspiration, are you doing Torah mitzvot? The inspiration is doing it. Yerushalayim is doing it. But when you come to Fort Myers yeah. or wherever anyone's watching this, you're living outside where it's dark, and Gullus could be anywhere outside, it's dark. So then when you're doing a Torah, when you're studying Torah and you're doing mitzvot, who's doing it? The inspiration? There's no inspiration. It's dark. We're in Gullus. So who's doing it then? Then you're doing it. What does it say? What does the what does it say in Psalms? Hazoyrim bedima berina yiktsayru. The ones that sow with sweat when you really don't want to do it, and you're sweating, and you're not excited about it. Hazoyrim, the ones that sow with sweat when it comes time. To reap the benefits, that's you have the greatest joy. So the ones that are sitting in the high inspiration areas where God is revealed, guess what? They're not going to have anything to reap because they never really planted much from the animal soul. However, when you plant and you have to fight with your animal soul and you have to fight with your body and you have to fight with gullus and you still can committed, then when things work out, they're really going to work out. And that's really, they say, the real, the real, uh, real success comes from the greater the challenge that there is. Okay, so that's what happens, what? That's the two reasons why mitzvot are very, very powerful. And specifically when? In Galat. Now there is going to explain a, a beautiful difference between the way Torah works and the way mitzvot works. And that's as follows. When God set, commands us to do a mitzvah, so who, so Hashem, it's Hashem, he's commanding, who should do the mitzvah? We should do the mitzvah. That means, the mitzvahs are for us. Do this, don't do that. So the mitzvahs are something that we can relate to, and we have the power to do or not to do, and hopefully we do them. Or hope we have the power to refrain from avoiding it, or obviously listening to Hashem and not, not, not transgressing. So the commandments, in short, are for the person. Commandments are given to us. Torah, on the other hand, what's Torah? Torah is Torah's Hashem. It's the wisdom of Hashem. Two different worlds. Again, a commandment is you do this. That means you put on this jacket, the shirt, whatever it may be, it has to fit you. So more or less, Hashem made it in a way that all the mitzvahs fit us. They adjust the size of the mitzvah, depending on the person. So you can do a bigger mitzvah. No, any mitzvah you can do, you can do behider, you can do it more beautiful, you can do it not as beautiful. One so size fits all. It's one size fits all, exactly. It's adjustable. Adjustable. Okay, but Torah is Torah is Hashem. It's a very powerful, it's the Chachmas of Hashem. Now, therefore, therefore, <clears throat> therefore like this. Let's look at the two aspects of planting. We said, what's, what's the connection between mitzvahs and planting? Because one is transformation, and the other one is Kabbalah soil, which both apply to mitzvot. Now, so mitzvah, it's a commandment. Who is the commandment given to us? We should do this, we shouldn't do that. Now, since it was given to us, 
So does the idea of transformation apply to mitzvot? Absolutely. The purpose of mitzvot is for, to transform us. Torah, on the other hand, is Torah for transformation? No. Torah is Torah is Hashem. Torah stays up here. The bar doesn't change. It's Torah is Hashem. It, it would be actually sacrilegious to say, oh, the Torah was to transform me. That's like using the Torah in a sacrilegious way. Mitzvah is to transform us. Torah is not to transform us. It's a very, very high light. When you study Torah, you're actually elevating your mind and elevating yourself up to Hashem. So again, the idea of transformation applies to mitzvot. It doesn't apply to Torah. Now, the same thing also, Kabbalah soil, accepting the yoke. Mitzvahs were given what to us. So therefore, we have to work on ourselves to accept the yoke of Hashem. Now, when it comes to Torah, since Torah is Torah Hashem, in the world of Torah, in its true sense, is there room for, for an ego? There's no room for an ego. So again, so the second idea of Kabbalah soil doesn't apply to Torah either. either. Kabbalah soil, accepting the yoke, humility, and transformation only applies to mitzvot. In the world of Torah, Torah is all the way out there. Now, so let's focus now a minute on, on the Torah experience. Because mitzvot, we already explained, two powerful things. It transforms <laughs> us and humility. Those two don't apply to Torah. So what's the idea of Torah? Torah, the idea of Torah is, where since it's Hashem's Torah, so you really want to elevate yourself into Hashem's flow. So you want, when you study Torah, you, and there's no me, you want literally that the words of Hashem should flow through your mouth. Literally, as you're saying, there shouldn't, it's not like me, oh, I get it. You're missing the point. The words of Hashem should flow through my mouth. And that's why it says in the Talmud, very powerful line, and I'll explain it. Some, it's a, lot, a lot of people misunderstood this idea. It says, Man Malka, who is the king? Who's the king today? Who are the kings? So it says, Rabbanan, rabbis. I don't mean a pulpit rabbi. I don't mean someone that's a salaried rabbi. Man Malka Rabbanan means someone that studies Torah. Why are they considered kings? Again, because what does a rabbi mean? Anyone could be a rabbi. What does a rabbi mean? Someone that studies Torah. What way does he study Torah? That he elevated himself, that the word of Hashem, that's his life. He thinks Torah, he speaks Torah, he lives Torah. So if you're thinking, speaking, and living Torah, so when someone sees you, what do they see? You see part of Hashem. Studying Torah, what do you see? You see someone, a man of God. Someone that's a part of Hashem. In other words, someone that really, really studied Torah, in order to really study Torah, because Torah is up here, you have to have humility. Because if there's any arrogance, you ain't going up there. Yeah. Notice the whole existence of the person is Hashem. And then what happens is, we know it says, and here, this is an important chain, you ready? Eraisa, which is the Torah, Kutchabricho Hashem, and Yisrael is really one. So if you and Hashem and the Torah and the one, now you're in the, now you're in the right flow. What do they call it? The zone, the flow? If you want to be in the zone of Torah, you, Hashem, and Torah is all one. Now, obviously it's a very high level. 
even if it's a very high level, but even if you cannot reach that very high level, as long as you want to basically understand Torah and you want to connect to Torah and it's really about what Hashem has to say, you, you'll get there. Because that's what we know, for example, before we, we, we get an aliyah to the Torah, before we study Torah, we make a blessing. What's the idea of a blessing? It's a total different type of blessing. The blessing is that we should get out of ourselves and we should be learning what Hashem's Torah. Because a lot of times, because Torah is intellect, we can start coming up with our own ideas and we can, we can forget to, to connect to Hashem. Oh, I think this and this. Is, hello, you're missing the point. What does Hashem have to say? And a real, really to be able to connect with Hashem, so you have to have humility. So Torah, in its true sense, is elevating yourself up and getting into the flow, into the zone of what Hashem has to say. And once you go there, you're like a whole, you're off the charts in a whole different level. And that's why, that's why it says in the Talmud like this. And this is a very, very important piece of Talmud. This is good advice for yourself, for anyone else that asks you, for your children, friends. It says in the Talmud like this. Let's say, should I study Mishnah? Should I study Talmud? Should I study Chumash? What, what should I study? Torah is huge. Then, where should I study? With this Chavrusa, that Chavrusa, this Yeshiva, that Yeshiva, this website that has Torah, where should I study? And the Talmud says, very, very simple. One answer. Fits all. One size, you like that. One size, One fits, size all. fits all. Which means it's a one size fits all. A person should always learn in a place that your heart chafetz. Now chafetz is an ambiguous word. Because here's the answer. I always thought so. You should always learn with your heart chafetz. What does chafetz mean? Chafetz means it's a combination. It's a combo. Ratzon and Taina together. The place that you want and you're going to get the greatest satisfaction, the greatest pleasure. Why is that? Because in order to really learn Torah and to connect on the highest level, you have to want and you have to be, you have to getting pleasure out of it. If you're not getting high, I don't mean physical pleasure. If you're not getting, when you're learning, if you're not like totally, like in the most highest possible pleasure state, something, you're not there. You're not there. So therefore it says a person should learn. What should you learn? What's going to give you now the greatest pleasure? Mishnah, do Mishnah. Chumash, do Chumash. Kabbalah, do Kabbalah. Talmud, Zohar, whatever it is. This rabbi, that rabbi, this website that has Torah classes, whatever it may be. If it's going to make you happy, that's what you should learn. Because Torah is supposed to be an experience of pleasure. What kind of pleasure? The highest pleasure possible. So you're going to ask the question, we know it's brought down in many, many places, that in order to learn, you have to have a skafia. That means, let's see, because well, we know, for example, it says that if you want to learn, you have to learn something 101 times. What's 101? Because it says that in the times of Talmud, people would study something 100 times. 101 is like, to, you don't really want to do it, but you can do it anyway. So that's what requires sometimes a skafia. Also, in order to learn, you need to have humility. So the truth is, that's correct. Sometimes you need scafi. I'm not interested in learning. Fine, just sit and learn anyway. That doesn't mean if you're not going to enjoy it, don't do it. Sometimes you need a scafia. Sometimes you need, okay, fine, I'm not interested. I'll do it anyway. You need humility, you need a scafia. The point is the main thrust of learning has to be from a place of Tainuk and reach you to a place of Tainuk. Because what happens when you learn, why do, why, why do you get such pleasure from learning? It's very, very simple. <laughs> because when a person learns, you become one with Hashem. You become one with Hashem. Now, think about this for a second. 
to Hashem, is Torah joyful or painful? Joyful. Hashem is joyful. It says in it, it says in Psalms. It says in, it says in the prophets. The Haya Etzle Shashuyim to God. Torah is like it's like it's like a, it's like a toy. Like a kid plays with a toy, he's excited. To Hashem, it's like a toy. What do you mean like a toy? Not a toy God from in a silly way. To him, it's like it's so enjoyable to learn Torah is enjoyable. Now, so when we study Torah, and since we're connecting to Hashem, we have to experience the same joy. Now, even though, how do you learn with your intellect? Now, your intellect could be limiting your joy. I understand. But that's true. But our goal is, you learn with your intellect, but you've got to get out of the intellect. You have to connect with joy. Now, so again, so you see clearly, there's two levels of Torah that we learned before. There's one level of Torah the way it's connected to mitzvot, because from the Torah you know which mitzvot to do, and then there's one where it's the highest level of Torah, enjoyment of Torah. Now, so like this, when it comes to the Shalash Rogolim, what do we say? One is barley, and the other one is, is wheat. Now wheat, we said, is on Shavuot, which is Torah that's connected to the mitzvot. However, to Vishvat, the holiday we're going to be celebrating Monday is trees. Trees is connected to Torah itself. Now, not only is it connected to Torah itself, so what's more superior on a spiritual level, trees or wheat? Trees are more spiritual, at a much higher level. Why? Because, think about it, wheat is something you need to exist. It's a staple, it's boring, you need it. On the other hand, fruit trees are pleasurable. They're much more tastier, they're sweeter, etc. Not only that, we all know what it says in the Torah, in reference to trees, not only is trees, fruit trees, taste much better, but it also says in the Torah, just looking at them brings pleasure. What does it say in the Torah? Kal eitz nechmad lamara. When you look at it, it brings you tremendous pleasure. Or for example, you know, where do you go? You want to to relax, you want to go to an enjoyable place. Where do you walk? You walk in a wheat field or you walk into a nice garden with fruit? Wheat field is kind of boring. You go in a garden with fruit. Other, so that's why, that's why, that the new year of trees, Tuvashvat, is much more superior than the new year of, of, of vegetables or wheat, etc. Why? Because that's going to bring you to a greater, tro- to a greater joy. <clears throat> so the idea is that the new year of trees is a reference to learning Torah itself, which gives you the greatest pleasure. Now, mitzvahs, we know, come from Torah. The Torah says you should do the mitzvahs. In other words, and not only the Torah tells you to do the mitzvahs, even when you do mitzvahs, and you have to do it, like we mentioned before, there's two levels of mitzvot. One is you're doing it to transform and the other one, you're doing it Kabbalah all with humility. So why are we do? Why are we studying? Why are we doing the mitzvot? And why are we doing it with humility? Because the Torah said, the Torah says, the Avanta you should serve God your God. So in other words, even though when you're doing a mitzvah, it's not as great as pleasurable as studying Torah, and it's not as enjoyable. But since the 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 um, uh, the mitzvah to learn Torah and the mitzvah to have humility comes from Torah, and the source in Torah is joy. So part of that joy comes down into the mitzvah itself. As we know, it's brought down. The the, the uh, Rebbe Rashab explains that a there's a whole uh, kabbalistic insight to a someone that serves Hashem 
on a simple level, but even though he serves Hashem because he wants to serve Hashem, but his greatest joy is when he can make the when he can make his master happy. So the same thing also. We need to learn Torah in a way that what that makes us happy. Now, so the the Rebbe brings over here. We actually learned this when we learned Tanya in the the letters of the Alter Rebbe. It's, there's a famous letter that says David Zmirais Karilahu, that King David he called the Torah Zmirot. He had tremendous joy from the Torah. Why? Because he explained like this, that all the whole world, this huge world that exists, so the King David said the whole world exists literally on a, uh, on a, small, on a small needle, on a small point of mitzvot. And he gives two examples, two examples, two examples, two examples we learned. So the, the author gives two examples. One example is the, the a sacrifice, and the other one, he gives an example of tefillin. That means if you do the sacrifice right, look what happens. All the atonement takes place, and life is good. If God, the sacrifice wasn't done right, oh my gosh, there's no atonement. The world can get destroyed. Or, for example, when a person puts on tefillin, so you, you're creating the proper flow of energy. If necessarily the God for the tefillin is, is not kosher, so you're not going to draw down the proper energy that the world needs. So the whole world is what is dependent on those two mitzvot. So here the Rebbe brings in from his father, we know the Rebbe's father is a Kabbalist, and he asks a very, very simple, why does the Alter use specifically these two mitzvot? Sacrifices and, and, and tefillin, he could, the 613 commandments. He could have picked any, any mitzvah. Why specifically those two? So the Rebbe's father, who is a Kabbalist, said very, very simple, that um, we know in mitzvot, there is um, something which is called rotsui. You create an elevation that goes up, uh, a light that goes up, and shuv, you draw down. So you want to oh, you want to shoot up the light, and you want to bring down the light. Energy. Also, halah is another term. Halah, elevate it. You want to elevate the mitzvah. And hamshachah, you want to bring it down. So he says that basically, sacrifices, when a person brings up a sacrifice, what does that do? It, it elevates the energy. Halah, v'ratzli. And when a person puts on tefillin, which is a mitzvah, you're bringing down the energy down to this world. So the question, there'll be asked a very simple question. Very nice. I get it. But, so we... What's the connection? Why, why, why is it important to explain that all the mitzvot have the idea of elevation and drawing down the light? So the, uh, the Rebbe explains like this, because th- this idea that the author is explaining that the whole world is dependent on a mitzvah and mitzvah is done right is an introduction to what he's going to say later that the first part he says is the whole world is dependent on a mitzvah. He goes on to say a step further, and this is an introduction to tell us that not only is it an introduction, introduction, but when it comes to Torah, the whole world, and this is very, very important, the whole world that we're living in, the whole world, is batal b'metziyut. Batal means it's nullified in its essence compared to the Torah. When it comes to Torah, which is the, talking the infinite power of Hashem, the whole world doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Now, what's the difference? Very simple. Because when it comes to mitzvot, like we said before, what happened with mitzvot? Hashem created, gave us mitzvot. It means we do exist. By default, if Hashem says, do this mitzvah, what does that mean? If, if I don't exist, how can I do a mitzvah? So mitzvah saying you do exist, do the mitzvah. So therefore the author says that when you're doing the mitzvah, that will keep everything in line. However, when you're, studying, when you're studying Torah, 
you're on a level where the world doesn't even exist because the, the Torah is much more powerful. So therefore, he brings the idea of Ratzai Veshuv. Why? Because the idea is when you, let's say a person does a mitzvah, so the world exists, and you're doing the mitzvah, you're keeping the world intact. Why don't you go up, and you have a spiritual experience, you're studying Torah, and there the world doesn't exist. So therefore he says the idea of Ratzai Veshuv, because you have to always remember, as you go up, the idea is not to stay up there. The idea is to draw back down the light. And when you draw back down the light into this world, don't get lost in this world to think this and go, they have to start going back up again. So life in this world is constantly an ebb and flow. The ebb between, as you're doing the mitzvah, you get too, ta- too, too caught up in the world, remember, you got to go back up there because Torah will keep your eye. But when you go back up, you might think, ah, oh, forget about the mitzvahs. No, so the idea is you have to what? You have to come flowing back down. So you're constantly flowing up and you are coming down. And that's why when we say, every time we do a mitzvah, we say, Asher Kiddishanu, what does Kaddish mean? Kaddish means it's holy. So every time you're doing it, Kiddishanu, Hashem, the way up there, sanctify us, elevate us, He commanded us to come back down to reality. But then again, remember that in reality, remember Kiddishanu, remember riches are really, really holy. So you want to constantly remember the Halav Amshacha, the Ratzav Yeshuv, and that's why specifically the Altar uses those two, and like the Rebbe's father explains, that the connection between Ratzav Yeshuv is because you have to have constantly the flow between remembering that everything comes from Hashem. On the other hand, you have to what? Bring it down into this world. Now, so again, so Torah, as we said before, gives you the greatest pleasure. Because and you're elevating yourself to a very, very high level. But on the other hand, when it comes to mitzvot, you have to have Kabbalah toil. So the idea is to fuse the two. Where on one hand we do exist, and you want and as we exist, we have Kabbalah soil. But nevertheless, as we have Kabbalah soil, we want to draw down the powerful light into this world. Now, how do we do that? Because even though we're, we're on one hand, we're a human being, because we have to remember that our whole existence is, why do we exist? Because Hashem gave us the power to be, to, to power to be. And this is why, this is how a, a, like a, anyone that wants to serve Hashem connects with joy. Because our whole purpose is, we realize, yeah, even though I want to do whatever Hashem wants, but Hashem in the Torah gave me these mitzvot, and because Hashem gave me these mitzvot, I'm happy to serve Hashem and do what Hashem wants in the Torah. Now, so therefore the Rebbe explains like this. Now let's bring you full circle. What is Tu B'Shvat? Tu B'Shvat, we celebrate on a simple level, it's Rosh Hashanah for the trees. What is, what's the trees again? The trees is Torah. Trees is Torah. Now what happens with Torah? Torah is the greatest tainug in life. Now, since it's the greatest tainug in life, so now since it's going to be Rosh Hashanah this Monday, what happens in Rosh Hashanah? It's the beginning of the year. That means the power of this powerful pleasure of Torah that we get by studying Torah, connecting to Torah, when is its most potent energy felt? On Rosh Hashanah. So therefore this Monday, God willing, we have the power to connect to the most powerful blessings, most powerful blessings, in reference to Shkida, effort, Vahasmada, and toiling, and dedicating, being consistent in learning Torah, but most importantly, in having Tainuk, 
having real pleasure in learning Torah and having chayas and to having like, you know, life, to be excited about learning Torah. Because it's not, the goal is to connect to Torah in the highest level. What's the highest level? When you're connecting with a place in Tainuk from real pleasure. And that we can get when? God willing, on Monday, on the day of Tubishvat. Now, we also know that all Rosh Hashanahs are connected. So from this Rosh Hashanah of Tubishvat, we provide blessings of what? What's the blessings of the um, Tubishvat? Of Tainuk. So since all Rosh Hashanahs are connected, so we, we provide the, pl- the blessings for all the Rosh Hashanahs from, this, from, from God willing from this Monday. And um, that's why Derby explains very powerfully what was the question that we asked in the beginning of this course? How come, how come Rosh Hashanah for, for, new, for trees is on the 15th day of the month? All the other ones are on the first. And the answer is very, very simple. And it's beautiful. Because all the other Rosh Hashanahs, what happens? It's the beginning of the month because you need humility. For mitzvot, we said you need humility. In order to do mitzvot, you need humility. So because you need humility, when is Rosh Hashanah for everything else? The first of the month. However, when it comes to, to learning Torah, how does, how does Hashem want us to learn Torah? With tremendous pleasure. Pleasure is not humility. Pleasure is when? When you have full pleasure. What happens on the 15th of the month? The moon's full. full. So in other words, it's the only Mm. Rosh Hashanah that we celebrate on the 15th because it's Rosh Hashanah that that we're experiencing Tainug, Tainug of Teres Hashem. And that's why specifically it's on the 15th day of the month. And the Rebbe finishes off and he says that we will take upon ourselves not only to learn Torah, but to add whatever we're learning Torah, and we add, so we're adding really in, in pleasure. Let's say you learn until now, for example, an hour a day, two hours a day, whatever, five, whatever you're learning till now, but you add a half hour, another hour, whatever you're adding, you're adding in pleasure. And if you inspire someone else to learn Torah, so now you're really multiplying that, because whatever they learn, you get a little credit for it too. And specifically what, Derby says, when you learn the mystical part of Torah, because that's the greatest pleasure of Torah. Torah in itself is Tainuk. The mystical Hasidus, Kabbalah, is the pleasure of the Torah. So you have a double level of Tainug. So we will not only have the tremendous Tainug of Torah, but we'll have the Tainug which will spill over into all the Rosh Hashanahs. We mentioned one of Rosh Hashanahs is the Rosh Hashanah for kings. And uh, and since Hashem is the king, we're we're children of the king, uh, or the king himself. So we'll merit to see Hashem as the king, and the king, King David, will uh, will reveal himself with the ultimate redemption when Mashiach comes. So I think the lesson over here in this, this course is a very, very beautiful and powerful lesson. We know very clearly that through mitzvahs, we transform ourselves, we transform our body, and we have the opportunity to practice humility and elevate ourselves and our body and our animal soul, and even a little galut. And when Mitchell Mashiach comes, we'll have tremendous prizes, and we get them throughout the Yom Tovim. But the greatest gift we can give ourselves is elevate ourselves to a place which is not restricted by the world. What is that? Learning Torah, and especially Chassidus. Every time you go into the world of learning Torah, you literally become one with Hashem. And you become one of the greatest tiny that exists in the world. And since Rosh Hashanah, this Monday is Rosh Hashanah for, for, uh, for Tu B'Shvat, which is Rosh Hashanah for the Elam, which is Rosh Hashanah for what? For learning Torah. We should really take upon ourselves to learn Torah, to learn more Torah. We'll have the greatest pleasure. 
And who does not mm-hmm. want to have real great pleasure in the life? I'm talking real great, not cheap pleasure, real great pleasure. <laughs> pleasure that's not limited to this world, it's totally off the charts. That's obviously Rosh Hashanah what? For two so Let's hope and pray that we each use out the time for two to learn Torah, Nigla, Chsidus, inspire others to learn Torah, and we'll all merit to the greatest Tainug, the greatest pleasure in our lives when we blessed, as Rebbe said, with, uh, with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.